Hello, welcome to Prince Track by Shrek. I'm your host, Darren. Today we're going to be talking about The Sensual Ever After from The Rainbow Children, recorded early to late 2001 at Paisley Park and released on the 16th of October 2001. On the track we have Prince and we have John Blackwell. Uh, the track is 2 minutes 58, and joining me to talk about today is Spencer Seams. Hello, Spencer. Hello, Darren. Um, now, on uh, Rainbow Children, as I've said a few times before now, um, you know, the, the tracks are kind of divided into two. Either they forward the story that kind of goes along or they are, you know, songs that are kind of unrelated to the main story. And I would say that this is very much part of the main narrative. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, we have the slowed down voice of Prince um, telling us kind of about, I don't know, the wise one and the muse and, you know, various other people. Yeah. Um, and then he mentions about the sensual ever after. And then we go into, um, I guess I would say, uh, like some kind of like jazz fusion um is what it feels like to me that feels like kind of what prince is aiming for um you know obviously john blackwell mm. highly accomplished drummer and so he he's able to kind of you know take prince into some kind of new directions and for the next kind of few years that scene that direction he wanted to go in much like the reformed spinal tap um was very much jazz um and so he takes us on a jazz odyssey here um, you know, there's there's like a guitar solo and then that turns into like a bass solo for a couple of, you know, for about a minute. And then the guitar kind of comes back in all kind of repeating this kind of um, this kind of falling melody um, yeah. first on the guitar and then later on the bass and then kind of back when the guitar comes back in. And when the guitar, when the guitar <clears throat> comes back in a second time, it's kind of it feels like there's also some kind of synthesizer or something underneath there as well. Um, it feel, you know it feels kind of very kind of a lot bigger when it comes in the second time. Yeah, the and then it kind of goes to a fade out, and you know that's where the song finishes. Yeah, the uh, whole track except for the beginning, it, it sounds like something you would hear in a Spike Lee movie. Like it has that type of uh, that feeling of like Spike likes to have these kind of soft piano, like percussive, like jazzy um, scores. Like it reminds me specifically yeah. of Black Klansman, this like the main score in that. I like that there's a uh, I'm I'm tipping my hat uh, tipping my hand already, but there's a bass solo. Uh, I I automatically love this, but uh, I did think you would enjoy this because of the bass solo. You have mentioned before your fondness for bass solos. Yeah, they're so, so rare. I, I like, did it's, think it's <laughs> find a unicorn, and it's this pretty much always good. There's not a bad one. Yeah. So I mean, let's let's kind of get into this weird story that Prince tells us at the beginning. He says, uh, "To all his good brothers, the wise one spoke highly of his muse. We've already met the muse in the song Muse to the Pharaoh, uh, because her love for the one true God was growing with every passing day. So he said." to all a good night and sent them to bed early and invited his muse to join him in the sensual ever after. So sounds like Prince is putting the kids to bed so that he can have sex with his muse. And uh, and then we go into the guitar. I'm going to assume that the guitar is the screams of passion <laughs> of people entering the sensual ever after. Um, mm. I don't know, maybe the guitar is the muse and the bass is the wise one. And, and so, mm. you know... Um, but yeah, and and then that, and then we we get going with some guitar solo. But yeah, I, I mean, Prince has mentioned the muse before now. Um, he's talked about the wise one. Um, you know, uh, the kind of the idea of the muse loving God is it's not a new idea. Um, just the sensual ever after is you know this is the new idea that's being introduced here. Prince will mention that again in some songs later on in the album where he'll talk about the sensual ever after, mm. mostly in passing. It's not like he ever expands what it means. Um, but yeah, like. 
for someone who has converted to being a Jehovah's Witness, I think this is about the sexiest he gets. Um, you know, <laughs> saying that he invited his muse to join him in the sensual ever after. He's not being that explicit. He's just he's just kind of saying, you know, something happened. Uh, and then then obviously we get into the guitar solos, you know, and like the kind of refrain that comes from the guitar solos, like the kind of melody that they have. Um, you know, I think it's quite catchy. Like, I think some people are not fans of guitar solos. Uh, they feel like, you know, like it's just kind of it's just kind of filler, like it's just someone showing off. Um, but, you know, Prince, mm-hmm. you know, he was inducted into the, into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, for a reason, and that reason is he's great at playing musical instruments, and one of those is the guitar. So, <laughs> so there's no reason why Prince shouldn't spend. You know, I mean, by the time all that kind of very slowed down Prince speak is finished, I think we're about a minute in. So there's only really kind of like, you know, I'd say roughly kind of like two minutes of solo. Um, yeah, and this is an album that doesn't have that much in the, in the way of like guitar solos and stuff because there's a lot. I mean, a lot of the other songs have tons of lyrics. Like it is non-stop people singing, um, so it's nice to get like a little break here. Yeah, I like the uh, the percussion. It it's like this very. I like like best way to describe is like the soft percussion where it's not like it, it's there. Like you notice it and it's distinctive, but it's not overbearing and it's not like super aggressive. It's just this kind of laid back like uh, drum, uh, uh, not drum fill, like this this. Uh, like it just, it just carries the whole thing, and it just, I think that's like the main main part of the music is like it's I think it's driven by the by the drums, and that just helps with like with the just like, with like the laid back mood of it, of all of it. Yeah, no, and I think the thing is as well something that obviously is it like kind of enhances Prince's music from I would say you know from this point through through the next kind of five or six albums is John Blackwell and you know Prince bills him as John Blackwell the magnificent and you know I feel like that's that's you know that that title is is well earned and I feel what you get from John Blackwell is, that you don't get from Prince doing his own drums is you get the interaction you know you get you get you get kind of John Blackwell being able to kind of you know accommodate what Prince wants so whereas if Prince had done the drums, they would have been very kind of rigid and then he would have gone and put the solos over the top. You get the feeling here that as the solos are going on, Prince is, you know, maybe looking John Blackwell in the eye and being like, you know, let's let's maybe speed it up just a little bit or, you know, let's kind of quiet it down a bit or, you yeah. know, let's focus on... Like, it feels like there's an interaction, which might not have been true at all because, you know, Prince liked to record stuff in it by himself in the studio. <laughs> like, he didn't like other people being there, but... You, you kind of in the song it it sounds like there is that interaction it sounds like there's there's a playfulness between the guitar and the drums and it, it like you you certainly get that which is something that had been missing for the last like I don't know two or three Prince albums where it was very much Prince putting down the drums putting down the bass and then kind of you know putting down guitars or keyboards or whatever whereas here you kind of it feels like there is a bit of an interaction between the drums and the other instruments and I think that's what kind of keeps it interesting because. You know, if it had just been Prince doing it, it would have felt a little bit kind of claustrophobic and there wouldn't have been much air in it. But because John Blackwell is able to kind of, you know, uh, kind of adjust to what Prince is doing, it just it feels like there's a bit more kind of play, you know, going on in the song. Um, And I think that's what kind of keeps those solos quite interesting. Um, And also when, you know, when the bass solos begin as Mm -hmm. well, because there's kind of two distinct bass parts to the bass solo. 
it the kind of the drums kind of get a bit quieter and then when the second bass solo comes in they kind of speed up a little bit and kind of there's mm. a bit more kind of percussion put in so like it it feels like John Blackwell is is tailoring the drums to the solos and you know that's kind of what makes them kind of live a bit more the the guitar reminds me of Santana and I'm not I'm not yeah. sure if I'm saying it just because my dad for uh how I was trying to think when the, the Santana album with Smooth on it my dad loves and I've heard that at least uh, maybe once every other week since it came out. <laughs> I think I think that was was what wasn't that like um, it's late nineties. Yeah, I uh, well, it was definitely before nineteen ninety nine because um, you know uh, Prince's Rave to the Joy Fantastic came about because of the success of um, Supernatural. Oh. Um, so you know it yeah. was kind of you know it, it was because of that. So it was definitely. In fact, I think it was June 1999 was when it came out. So, it was, you know, it's about two years before this. Yeah, but um, I've heard that album so many times. And that's like any... And so I think I have... I think that's why I like this type of guitar thing. Because, like, ordinarily I probably wouldn't have... If I didn't, was exposed to like, the Santana style. But, like, this kind of... Like it, it's like I find it calming and it's kind of like almost like nostalgic, a bit, and like I just like the, what's like the, uh, the pardon my word the smooth feel of the guitar solo. <laughs> yeah, I th- I'm, the thing is as well, Prince had you know many years before he'd said that Santana was like an influence on his guitar playing. So you know if you can hear Santana in here, then you know that makes complete sense to me. Um, you know the bass solo itself. I you know I don't th- I don't think you could kind of classify what what influence that is. Um, but you know it it's interesting that around this time Prince obviously was friends with Larry Graham, and yeah. that's not Larry Graham playing bass. So, so no, it so does, it's kind it of odd that sound it, like it, the Larry Graham type bass either. But I, I don't know. It just feels weird that Prince is like I'm going to put a bass solo on a song, and I've got Larry Graham literally sitting in the studio next to me, but I'm not going to use Larry Graham. Yeah, the, the, the inventor of slap bass. He's not going to have to do a bass solo. So I, I don't know. That that feels a little bit weird. Yeah, but this this like the bass solo itself is a bit more kind of melodic rather than you know whatever Larry Graham would do, which like I, yeah, like you say, probably would have been a bit more slappy. Yeah. Um, you know, which I don't think would have fit the tone of the song, um, you know. But yeah, you know, it's it like, and I, I kind of, you know, the, the kind of, I like that the bass solo kind of brings it down a little bit and it's a bit quieter and a bit more intimate and then the guitar comes back in and then it's kind of more kind of soaring and, you know, I, you know, if, if kind of the guitar solo and bass solo and guitar solo are meant to reflect like the sensual ever after, um, whatever that is, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, d- I don't know that they really do. I don't know that we ever get an idea of what the sensual ever after actually is from this song. Um, c- but I don't know that. I- and also, I don't think I'd ever classify these guitar solos as, as sensual. Like I don't know, they just they-, they don't feel kind of sensual to me. So it's it's kind of odd that that's that's the title of the song. Um, but you know, I I mean, really, that just all comes from the slow down voice at the start of the song. Which, quite frankly, if you skip that part of the song, it doesn't really make any difference to the rest of the song. <laughs> like, no, it's it's a bit unnecessary. Well, does it? I mean, it's a lot unnecessary because that that slow down voice appears on like at least three quarters of the tracks on oh, the song. Okay. Um, you know, so that that was kind of like a reoccurring thing. Um, but yeah, I don't, I mean, I would say for me, four out of five, um, I think the slow down voice just kind of takes that star away because otherwise the, you know, these solos, 
I feel like by themselves are five out of five, but I, you know, just the fact the prince wastes a minute of the song by doing the slowdown voice, I'm not a fan of the slowdown voice. I understand why Prince did it because you know that was the whole point of the concept of the album, but it's just kind of it just ends up slowing everything down, um, you know. So, but you know, those solos are really good, and you know, like, it, it, like I feel like people forget that Prince like was a great guitarist. And so it's always nice every now and again just to have him kind of, you know, decide to, to spend two minutes doing guitar solos and just to kind of, you know, show off. And also this is, makes a nice break in the album as well. You know, if you're listening to the whole album, which, you know, given that it's meant to be a concept album, that kind of is what Prince is intending. It's nice to get like a little kind of two minute break from, you know, the kind of the ongoing storyline. Oh, I'd go five out of five because the bass solos. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well... Um, you know, Prince never performed this live, uh, which I can kind of understand because this is one of the tracks that just kind of fits in terms of the storyline, just kind of moves the story along, um, you know, even if you do have the solos. Um, so, and then the narrative continues on the next song anyway. Um, so, you know, it, it just feel, it just feels like it's part of a, a kind of a sequence of three or four songs where Prince is just kind of moving the narrative along, um, so, you know, it, it, I, I guess that, that makes it hard on a tour just to kind of decide to perform the sensual ever after <laughs> out of nowhere. Um, so I'm assuming that's probably why Prince never bothered performing it live. Um, it would have been nice, actually, you know, if, let's say, a few years' time Prince has still been alive, it would have been nice on, like, the 20th anniversary of this album to have him kind of do the tour and just do the whole album from end to end. Like, that would have been a great experience. Um, but, you know, that was, that was never anything that he really kind of did. Um, you know, and... For some of the tracks on this album, I can, I, like I say, I can see why he never bothered performing them live because it's very hard to just kind of suddenly start doing like this or you know, Digital Garden or Deconstruction. Mm -hmm. They're just songs that are part of moving the narrative of the overall album along. They're not, they're not technically really kind of full songs, um, but you know, there are a couple of really nice solos going on here, so you know, it's always great to kind of hear that. Um, you know, so I feel like we said about as much as we can about the Central Ever After, so. Uh, let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Spencer? Um, yes, I have a podcast called High and Low, a Kershaw podcast, where me and uh, my friend Joel go through every Kershaw movie. I compare it with another Japanese movie from the same year. We talk about them in separate episodes. You know, it's it's a very niche concept. It's uh, If that sounds interesting to you, you know, give it a listen. We're on Twitter, at High and Low Pod, and we're on uh, Podbean. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast. Or you can email us, not sure why you would, at PrinceTrackByTrack at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Spencer. You're welcome. And otherwise, goodbye. Goodbye.